that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's myself, Dean Ryan, in the lockdown towers of all our home abodes, of course. I'm obviously at home. Uh, Dermot Nolan has uh, joined us as always. Dermo, you're here. As always, Dino, good to be back after our, uh, a bit of a mishap last week. But sure, look, we're back anyway. Yeah, look, technical difficulties are uh, exasperated when you're at home and you can't throw things at each other. So that's what happened. Um, so uh, Stephen Cass has joined us. Now, Stephen's not here too often, but he is here this week and uh, planning to reflect on some of the big Irish guns coming out. Stephen, good to have you. Hi, lads. Yeah, great to be back. Yeah, looking forward to good it. Good man. H- haven't seen you since Cheltenham, of course, in forced lockdown. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were, uh, yes, yes. When we let society down. Yeah. Yes, we did. It's all our fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. Depending <laughs> I, on what I, day. I put up a tweet, trend. right? I put up a tweet on Sunday night saying, "Jesus, I'm getting a bit windy about Cheltenham," and I've got about 50 replies going, "I get out of that. Like, you'll be fine." And you know, my wife's a pharmacist. She was saying, "No, the advice is to go." And then we came back, and we were absolute like the scourge of society. Exactly. But yeah. the way you were carrying on in the Arkham Bar now, I would have been steering clear to 2E. The God Almighty, lads, the, uh, the uh, tweets I got after that were just incredible. <laughs> yeah, how could you? How could you, after everything you knew, Demo, still go? Such yeah. a bad man. After Tony Hoolan saying it was fine yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah, off you go, lads, and then you come back, and then, oh, Jesus. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it's a new season. Man... We won't dwell on. Don't. Exactly. That's the no, last we'll time move we're on. mentioning coronavirus or fucking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll move on. I mean, one man who completely didn't break those regulations and, and was home was uh, with Dave Weldon. It's good to have Dave Weldon back. Dave, how are you? Not too bad, Dean, yeah. I didn't even go to the pub that week. I was so good, you know? Oh, my God. You are a superhuman man. Fair play. Fair play. Well, it's good to have you back, Dave. And um, we will catch up in a traditional fashion on the race out of uh, the weekend stuff that we actually didn't get a chance to preview because of technical dif- difficulties. But it was kind of like, you know, this, I, th- I think every weekend that comes along is like, oh, here's the opening proper weekend of the Jumps Festival. And we tried to build that up as the Chepstow uh, meeting a couple of weeks ago. But I think Cheltenham and a bit of Aintree kind of did get us underway. And of course, there was some some serious animals running around um, in the tracks in Ireland as well. Um, I might kick off with a couple of those, actually. Milena Indo and Andy DeFresne, <laughs> depending if you want to follow a certain uh, Mr. Binfield, but Andy Dufresne. Uh, Cass, I might come to you first um, about those two, um, well, superstars actually kicking off their seasons in good form uh, at Wexford, of all places. Yeah, Wexford, and, and, and Wexford have done a hell of a job. You know, I don't think those two horses would have been running at Wexford before they've changed it to the, to the left-handed configuration. And even on t- TV now, it looks like a different track. So fair play to Wexford. But uh, Manel Indo, you couldn't but be impressed with him. I, I, I still have a question mark about that horse, but you couldn't question it at the weekend. You, just the way he finished that RSA uh, and when he started to stay on, when Champ went by him, I just wonder about him. And even Henry himself has questioned um, his, maybe not his metal, he wouldn't put it like that, but he's, he's, he's made noises about it. But to beat uh, a late 140s race fit horse, was in the manner he did was, was very impressive and it didn't look like there's any excuse from a land native so onwards and upwards and he'll be you know he, he'd probably be favorite now go, going into to, uh, christmas for the lexus um 
And then Andy Dufresne, who I love, it was just a relief to see that the horse is still there because having won a point uh, and the way he jumped his hurdles so quick and he he's great uh, speed off the back of the hurdles, you wanted to see that translated to chasing. And he did it. Um, and he has always looked to chase her, so he's very exciting. He'll go for the um, the John Durkin. The John Durkin, the novice one. I always mix up the John Durkin and the Drinmore. Sorry, the Drinmore. The Drinmore Fairhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'll go yeah. for that. Um, and that's going to be a belter of a race because there's any amount of good novice chasers. But um, hopefully he'll he'll vindicate the view we have of him early and, and get the grade one in the bag because he, I've just always got the feeling he's going to be machine over fences. It's the way he moves, the way he travels. Uh, the way he jumps and even the way he looks, you know, he looks special. So, um, yeah, physically as a specimen. So, yeah, really exciting. You'd um, you'd be in good company there, loving the way that Andy Dufresne looks and 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 kind of goes about his business. Because I heard AP McCoy say that if you were going to kind of pick a model of a horse that would end up being a Gold Cup horse, uh, it was Andy Dufresne. I know he's he bunged it in all his uh, horses to to stick with this year. And after a mildly disappointing campaign, you could say last year, um then uh, that's good to see. Dave, I mean, you might have been inclined to maybe take those two on at short price on seasonal returns, but you can't crib them. No, not at all, Dean. Um, they were fine. Like, they were grand. Manella Indo needs his racing, so to see him come back and win in that fashion is grand. Um, Milan 8 is 149 now. I'd say he'd be trying to mind that mark for um, for Cheltenham because I don't think he's any... I don't think he's a great performer anyway. And Andy Dufresne, good to see him back. It's a good starting point. Um and I'd say they're kicking themselves at that two mile, two and a half mile novice race has gone from the festival as well because he'd be all over that, I'd say. Well, he'd have yeah, to maybe. try now. He might as well try now for the season. Yeah, so I was exactly, worried yeah. they were going yeah. to go down a county hurdle route or a burn plate route. You know, he kind of had yeah. that stamp of a horse that he'd get a mark of 140 and run in a, in a grand annual or something. But it looks now like he, they're going to treat him like a grade one horse. So that's, that's great to see. That's what we were discussing on this podcast could happen with the, with the, you know, movement of that race out of the festival and into a Sandown card and, and making everything go for other races. So that, you know, where the mayor's chase might weaken some of the other contests. And it looks like it might strengthen that novice division, which is probably to be a celebrated idea. We will find out as we get to festival time. Uh, Dermo, Manila Indo, a big favorite of yours last year. Um, but, you know, potentially they haven't made enough use of Manila Indo in the past seasons ahead of big targets. And then to have a season curtailed like it was uh, last time and be so unlucky, of course, at the festival itself. Um, you must have been delighted with that. Absolutely thrilled. I mean, he was as big as a house as well. He was a he was a fine size, but they asked they asked Henry de Bromid afterwards, and he said it's uh, he said it's kind of like what he was like as a child, a bit big bone maybe. That that's that's just kind of <laughs> the way the way he's made up. And it's uh, I can. I can empathise with that as well. And the, um, I just thought that just he was flawless, really. I mean, you could see what the rest of them were trying to do. They were they were kind of waiting to see whether there was any chink in his fitness. But he was just miles clear of them. It was a grade one horse running against good handicappers, really. And he, he made dirt at them, which he should have. Very interesting now, as the season goes on, I mean, the 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 Lexus at Christmas now should be his, his kind of target. Because as we were saying last week, or the last podcast, Dean, Everyone can't just try and do an album photo now and aim yourself just at a gold cup because you'll be very disappointed at the end of it because only one of them can win. So the likes of Manella Indo and all these horses, they they really should be campaigned aggressively. And in fairness to Manella Indo's uh, connections, Monoly was, you know, he's campaigned extremely aggressively. So I can see Manella Indo the exact same. They're there just must have been a small problem last year because there was a long time between runs when he was second to Lorena and then when he came out and beat 
captain CJ last year. So for the fact that that was his fourth ever run over fences, I just think it was very impressive. And he's a horse with an awful lot of ups- of upside left. Am I crazy in being of the view, maybe from previous seasons, that this horse just doesn't quite get maybe a Gold Cup proper trip at, at the top level? I think the opposite. I there was okay. There was a few tweets back on that, a few people saying that he should go for the, the Ryanair. I don't think he's quick enough at all. I actually mm. watched back the race again, the RSA, last night, and I do agree with, with with Stephen. I think, first of all, it needs to be said that had he jumped the last, he would have bounded clear. But the problem was was that if you actually watch it, Champ goes by him, and there's no catching Champ with uh, with how out of steam he was. But Melindo does kick again when a horse goes past him. So it is very interesting to see whether that that he probably did have a bit left and he just wasn't using it. So I love a gold cup horse like that. I think he's very similar to Santini in that regard. I think he, he'll just keep going. But I definitely think that the tactics of him and Alaho, they just killed each other. So I think mm. uh, I think long-term Manella Indo getting a lead up to the last will, will definitely suit him a lot more. But I think the gold cup is completely built for him. Dude. Okay. Okay. Um, you'd imagine if Manella Indo and Alaho went in a gold cup and ran like they did in... Uh, in last year's novice event that uh, that would set it up for the likes of a Santini. Oh God, hundred percent. Yeah. And obviously album photo do album photo does, which is be written off and perhaps win again. Um, I might go to, uh, to Dave, a couple of other races, Dave, over the weekend. I know you were pretty keen on honest Vic before it ran, um, in that, uh, Potemps race. And, and that surprisingly went off a huge price and was quite a nice winner. And of course, Froden was on the card at Cheltenham there as well, which I think everyone in racing is, uh, is becoming very used to the delights of, of Bryony Frost pointing at Froden on the way up the uh, the shoot after a win. Yeah, um, I don't really know what to say about that, but Fro- Froden was grand. Like it was, it was a typical early season handicap, um, and Froden used to carrying them big lumps of weight around and did it well. Uh, West approached it, it, he is what he is. He's a bit of a dodge pot, um, and Colin Tizard's aren't really going that well at the moment. So, if it was run again later on in the season, I. would Still fancy West approach to get by him up the hill, but um, Frolon is what it, it she, what what he is. Um, looks like they're going to a Gold Cup. Um, I wouldn't back it with stolen money to be honest in the Gold Cup, but um, he is what he is, and he'll run races this year and give people plenty of joy. Mm-hmm. And honest, Vic. Honest, Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I when the drift came, I wasn't expecting the big run. Um, but won well, and hopefully he goes well fresh. So. Hopefully to put him away for the pretemps. He's qualified now, so let's work on that mark and be be a big day in March. You know where they're going to go with that horse yeah. after that run, you would imagine. Um, Stephen, I might ask you about Froden. I mean, is it is it beyond the realms of uh, possibility, given that this horse got racing so early in its career and in going to all the parties, that it could still improve? Say, it's eight years old right now. And um, maybe he could improve, but I don't think he could improve much beyond one six five. And you need to be okay. late one sixties, early one seventies to win the Gold Cup. And even then, I don't think he'd truly stay the Gold Cup trip. So he won't be winning the Gold Cup. But it was very impressive. Funny thing with Frodon is some people say that, you know he's the best jumper, best jumper performance they've ever seen. I don't like to see horses jump like that in a way. Like it's 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 visually extremely impressive. But I must say, like if you're a ten year old child watching that, like he he's the kind of horse now that would get people into racing, and yes. and, and the Bryony story. And one thing I'd like to say on it is, I think the way that, you know, maybe it's just a social media thing, but this 
it's, it's fashionable to deride uh, Bryony, who's a young a young person, you know, trying to trying to do her best in race, and her personality is just the way she is, and it feels like bullying in a way, and it's it's easy pick on a young a young woman like that, and I, I don't like it, and it, there's a bang of sexism off it. Uh, I think we should cut a lot more slack of that kind of stuff on social media and call out <clears throat> the fucking idiots on social media who think it's okay to come on and deride a young woman trying to do her best, you know. I'd feel fairly passionately about that now. I just think it's wrong the way that the whole thing is being handled um, that way. And I think, you know, we should be supporting it. And the story is a good one for racing. So uh, more luck to them and more luck to them. And I hope they win the, the, the Cotswold Chase again in January. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's very fair. I mean, it, you know, Bryony doesn't, she just goes out of her way to be ultra enthusiastic. And I think some people take that as as something, it's, it's like mirth making. It's not. She's just hugely enthusiastic about riding good horses and winning and races. The easiest thing Bryony could do is shy away from the racing TV and the ITV interviews afterwards. And yes. she's just being herself, you know, and, and you, you just, people need to be a bit more conscious of, you know, I, I don't, you know, mental health and adverse comments, but you, you don't know how that affects people behind it. If you are there uh, on your Twitter account and giving grief and laughing, and I just, I hate that shit. And I just think, you know, if anyone's doing it, just be, be conscious of it. And we should, we, you know, as a sport, we should celebrate it. And we should celebrate that it's a woman and we should celebrate that uh, it's a great achievement. And, and I think more luck to her. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, Demo, um, I might come to you actually on some of those other Cheltenham runners, including Froden, because it seemed to be the story of, uh, well, certainly one of the biggest stories of the weekend, of course, giving way away in one of these handicaps is, is something that not too many try anymore. But I thought it was I thought it was very impressive. And Froden did what Froden should do, perhaps against those horses. But if you were if you were first time tuning into racing, the point Stephen made and say Ryan Moore's just won, you know, group. A group one race or something like that and you know it gives his his monosyllabic um responses as much as he's entitled to do that can do whatever he wants or you see Bryony waxing lyrical about how great the horse was and how easy it was because all she has to do is ride a you know a fantastic machine who's trained so well and you get all that kind of input which would you prefer yeah i mean like, like i think people in racing are in such a bubble that they completely forget that there's a whole world outside of racing so mm. like just as a perspective like my my wife's family aren't into horse racing at all at all um and her father watched uh watched just happened to switch it on one day on itv and uh frodon um had won this was this was last season or season before i remember mm-hmm. which one and he didn't call her briny frost he called her briny and he said god god she was really good to watch i hope she's uh, I hope she's on again. He has switched over to racing a few times, just hoping that, that she's on it. He has four daughters she himself. And he could see yeah. a loss of his own children in her and everything else. You know, just how buzzing she was and how happy she was. And that's something in racing that, that, that we really need to to harness. And it's not just Briny. Like, all the jockeys now, Oshin Murphy and Tom Marquand on the flat, they're all trying to make themselves into brands in a way. And Briny had a lot to do with that because of how how likable she was. She was she was probably she was probably getting rides that maybe other jockeys could have got because people just really liked her. And from a PR yeah. point of view for our sport, we need more of that. You can see at times jockeys are very scared to say anything, understandably. And um we need more jockeys, kinda like even Keith Donahue, who's on the uh, bookmakers. He's very free and easy with kind of what he says and about himself and his blog today is about his his mental struggles with his weight and how how he turned that around and we need more of that in racing because one of the most marketable qualities we have about this sport is how easily accessible 
everyone is there's there's very few sports where you can turn up and there's a very high chance that if you hang around with your child you can meet their hero there's there's very few sports where that can happen you know you're not going to meet a footballer you're not going to meet any of them so racing has a really really good um marketing uh tool there and somebody like Bryony should, should be at the very front of it i mean some of her videos last year as well dean where she talked through her ride on sir psycho um that was a yeah. brilliant piece of content absolutely brilliant and the more of that the absolute better so i agree completely with steven and i think it's something that that we need to harness completely i think the one to take out of that whole meeting though dean uh, just to move back to the to the racing i thought galvin yeah. was absolutely brilliant um that was good. they're talking about the old three mile fixer for him now and if he gets that trip he's the kind of horse that as robbie power said he stays but, but he has a bit of pace as well he could hammer them in that race especially if we get as deplorable a field as we did last year so there was a few to kind of take out but i thought galvin by a mile was the one that looked like when it comes around to the Cheltenham festival he could be a, a likely winner yeah i mean i might ask Weldo about this i mean they're naming their colors very early to uh to a particular race perhaps at Cheltenham for the likes of galvin but i mean there were some other nice horses there over that weekend dave that maybe you want to pick up on southfield stone of course rouge viff um, I thought it was very good in that handicap chase over two miles. And then like the Fusil Raffles had a bit of a penalty kick in the end, but still did it smartly. Yeah, Galvin, Galvin was excellent. Um, he even had that little bit of a lazy patch in the middle of the race where he probably just had to get in, get into him to jump a few fences and get him going after the fence as well, which will suit the three miles, six roll over. He, like, I presume Jamie caught a ride and he'd be, buried out the back and you won't see him until the second last fence and he'll come there swinging and win like I know it's a long way away and 7-1 to one is, is not great value um, but I think he's made for the race really I think he'll just he'll just outclass them um, completely uh, yeah the novice chasers the weekend Southfield Stone and Fusil Raffles didn't really do anything for me um, mm -hmm. we've seen this all before Fusil Raffles he'll come on and win a couple of small field races and then he'll flatter to deceive in, in the graded race later on in the year and Southfield Stone I think you kind of know what he is he'd probably be um, he'd be another one um, who'll just tip away at grade 2 grade 3 level um, and, and flatter to deceive but there were good performances Rouge Riff was excellent um, another big weight carrying performance and he, he decimated them up the running um, getting quotes 16 to 1 and stuff for the champion chase is all well and good I actually think they could probably go up and trip with him as well um, 2 mile 4 2 mile 5 um, the way he travels and jumps I think he's very good and he's definitely one to watch in, in the big races later on the year yeah, um, I thought he was very good and went off a fair, well, a fair price. And it's often the unfashionable trainers, isn't it? Like Harry Whittington, obviously a very shrewd man, does well with the horse that he has, but a horse like Rouge Viff going off at that price in there. And I'm not even saying that because I backed it, because it, <laughs> it just seems after after the event. Stephen, uh, a final word to you maybe on some of those weekend runners um, that would have caught the eye. I mean, of course, we had we had some good horses go at Aintree as well, like some nuts well winning an old Rowan Chase, which you would have had to give me a few goes to find. Um, what did you want to pick out of the weekend that maybe we have discussed or haven't discussed yet? Um, I think we've covered it. Like, just on Roosevelt, he definitely wants good ground. If you watch back the arc of last year, he can't jump out of the soft ground and all his all his best form um, is on good ground. He's won in soft in a, in a, in a bad novice hurdle or something. But he, you know, and the way the festival's gone and the way the weather's gone, it just seems to be soft all all the time so if he's short enough in a tingle creek uh, or something like that or even a slower chase I'd, I'd be uh, and the ground is soft i'd be very quick to take him on but if it's good ground yeah he could take a bit of beating 
And yep. Beyond that, yeah, not nothing really. Like there was a few turned off. That's for a different podcast, yeah. and it's uh, it's not normally one covered by ourselves. <laughs> Although, if you have any good things, you're always welcome well, to mention. Good, them. I wanted to. Uh, what time will this go out? This will be out later on, about four. I'll say it early in the pod, they might listen. There's a horse running tonight, a Zoom call at 7 o'clock of Tom Cooper's as 20 to 1. 7 o'clock turned off on Wednesday night. Um, it was second, Zoom call. Zoom call. It was second to, um, geez, I hope I have the right name. Very topical there, Cass. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But it, it, it placed all in its first three starts. I'm not sure about the six furlong trip, but then it went for a listed five furlong race at Dundalk, way out of its class now. Like there was 105, 100 horses winning that. Um, and as a result, she's 20 to 1. Whereas I think on, a, on if you kind of forgave that run where she ran okay, she just was looked after when she was beaten. Um, I think on her maiden form, she'd have every chance. And she's 20 to 1 in the 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, so I'd, I'd give her a squeak, even though I'd be worried about the trip. Wonderful. That's only for the early listeners of this. So you want to yeah, get they'll catch see, yeah, every day. She finished last now. They'll check it up. And it's like, Jesus, who's this mug? Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Now, well, look, look. Anyone who puts up a twenty to one shot, you got to be prepared to. A few of them won't win. The ones that do. Um, what about? Um, I had one other horse I wanted to mention actually from the weekend who didn't win. Now, I did fancy actually in that three o'clock on the Friday channel called Imperial Lisi, and I thought got a really nice sight around Cheltenham. It's been running around a lot of uh, sharper tracks than that. Uh, didn't quite go to plan. Finished just in behind the front few, and I think you should keep an eye on that in those, of course, Imperial Racing Silks. So I think they might they might have a handicap or two uh, in that horse coming up during the season. But that's where I'll end it there. Um, thank you everyone for chatting about the weekend racing coming up on the podcast. I after this break, we're going to do um, a season preview across the senior hurdlers. So we're looking at the champion hurdle division, of course. Um, oh, one of the worst divisions I can remember from last year after everything kind of fell away. Um, but it looks a whole different story this time around. We'll also keep an eye on the stayers hurdle going forward. Um, and then following a final break in the podcast, we will take a look at what looks a stellar weekend of racing um, across Down Royal, of course, kicking off on Friday, Ascot and Weatherby over the weekend. All right, we'll take a break here. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off office in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Lucky enough this week to be joined by Stephen Cass and David Weldon. Of course, Derby Nolan is here as usual and it's myself, Dean Ryan. And we're going to look at the senior hurdling division for uh, this national hunt season. Uh, Every week we're trying to pick a different kind of division to go to war with. Um, And this time round, it's the senior hurdles. Um, I I think I preempted it by saying just before the break that I thought that the division last year uh, ended up being atrocious and Epitons who went and won uh, a champion hurdle if we start there uh, won one of the worst champion hurdles I can remember is that fair David Weldon? It's very fair Dean I actually had to go back and watch the race about an hour ago because I couldn't remember it at all um, and just even the prep and all that and just everyone honey supper was she go was she not um, Epitons came up and was punted and Sharjah finished in second on soft ground where the rumour is that he wants good ground but I'm not really convinced by that um, you'd have to hope that this year's will be better um, it looks like it will although saying that there's a lot of horses prominent in the betting that might really not go there or might flatter and deceive so um, I don't know whether it's better than last year I hope it is but I'm not convinced 
Uh, geez, it can't be worse. Stephen Cass, can you remember a worse champion hurdle than last year's, what we actually ended up getting? We were all praying a couple of mares would be thrown into the race. Uh, maybe the one Punjabi one or the one Catcher one or there's plenty of bad ones. Yeah, I wouldn't like, yeah, there's plenty of bad ones. I think people get carried away and if you had one good horse win, everyone thinks that the champion hurdle was great. But, geez, I'd say in, t- in terms of standard of place, horses now, you know, I'd say there's plenty as bad as it the last 30 years. But yeah, an uninspiring division. But at the same time, then that means one can come from left field. So I love the shape of the race for punting okay. this year. You know, it okay. kind of sets it up nicely for you to go and find one that, that can emerge from the pack and, and contend. Because you only need to be a 165 horse. You only need to be a 150 horse now to show that you could progress. To, to think about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where we are at this term because there's plenty of them uh, stepping up from novice company. Demo, final point on that kind of last year's champion hurdle. Um, it, you know, when Isterbrack used to go and win a champion hurdle and it was almost always Theatre World or something like that behind and it seemed a similar race every time. Um, we're not going to get that with Epitant. There's There is going to be contenders this year, Demo, isn't there? There is, there is, there is. Like, I kind of actually agree with uh, Stephen Cass's point. We always seem to have this trauma. Remember, uh, Bouvard Air's first champion hurdle that he won when he beat my tent of yours and Petty Mouchoir and Footpad and Fort. Everyone said yeah. that was a terrible champion hurdle and he had to take him well, on the next year. Bar Footpad, all, all three of those probably would have won or gone close in, in this year's one. Petty Mouchoir did run, but the... Um, like, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, <laughs> Epitant could well come out this year and do it again and Good. it wouldn't be the, the biggest surprise in the world. A good horse come in a bad race and she was absolutely... Uh, she was head and shoulders above the rest so champion hurdles they haven't always been as brilliant i think as our memories might uh, and might make us think of it okay okay fair enough all right let's go to um let's go to dave again then and tell me which ones of the 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 let's say the the junior brigade from last term um are going to step forward abacadabras looks the obvious one because they seem committed to sticking uh, to hurdles and it looks like shishkin's gonna go over fences obviously yeah abacadabra um you have to take him over Epitant to overturn the form. Like that Supreme looked really good on paper last year. Uh, the two of them pulled well clear and it doesn't have a shishkin to face this year. So six to one, seven to one out there at the moment is, is very, is, is not a bet you'd have now, but you're probably only going to get half of that when he wins on Friday. So it could be mm-hmm. worth an investment here. Um, and anyway, while Alan goes chasing, St. Roy coming from the county, stepping up, very unexposed. Aramon, similar kind of frame, went on and ranked that form in the Galway hurdle over the summer. Um, that's a big player, 25 to 1. I, I've no time for Goshen. Um, I know he would have hacked up in the Triumph hurdle, but the record of four year olds coming straight to this race is horrendous. And he's shown in two flat runs. I, I don't really take much notice of them, but the two flat runs were appalling. They're clearly not plain sailing with Goshen, are they? Even if no. you know you take no notice of them, you still think a horse that w- we thought we were looking at would, would do better. Have should done better. Be, should, anyway. should be competitive at least. Yeah, whatever yeah, about yeah. forget about the price of the horse because he's priced up on his hurdles form rather than his flat form. Sure. Um, but you, you expect him to be competitive more so than what he's shown. Um, Concertista will probably go down the the route of the the mares race um, or even the mares chase rather than come here. So like. If we were there, is there twenty five to one, and then you do twenty five to one, you'd be disappointed if, if they were going coming here and winning it. The horse I want to see running the race is Honeysuckle, um, and I know we're all fans were here, and we think she'll run in the mares race, but she's won our mares race now. 
she's shown she has the speed for two miles. She's going around Leopardstown, which is a quicker track than um, Cheltenham would be. And 16 to 1, like, she's probably going down, even if she goes to the Mares, Mares race, she'll go the same route probably as she did last year and end up winning um, or running in the Irish Champion Hurdle on the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, and I think she'll be half the price at least than she is now. So it's probably Actually. a back, back to lay option um, to get. Mm-hmm a decent price on her for the champion hurdle, which I think is the race for her this year. Okay. I mean, that's an interesting way to go about it because one horse I assumed wouldn't go would be Honeysuckle on the basis that um, if she does go in an Irish champion this year, it's going to be much harder to win. And she only just got over the line last year, albeit um, actually the race looked a little bit stronger after the fact than it did at the time. Uh, Dermo, uh, why not kick off with Honeysuckle? Any chance in your mind that she'll end up in a, in a champion hurdle this time around? Uh, it'll be interesting just to send her for the Irish Champion Hurdle and to see what happens. Uh, I don't think they will, to be honest. Uh, I'd say she's more likely to go over fences than she is to end up in the Champion Hurdle. Um, as much mm-hmm. as I absolutely love love her, it's very hard to know what she actually achieved last year over two miles, albeit Darver Star did, did come out and run well in that Champion Hurdle, but he was still a exactly, mile behind. Yeah. So it's hard yeah. to know whether um, Honeysuckle would have even beaten Epiton last year. Like, I kind of doubt that she would as much as I absolutely love her. So she seems to have the natural change of gear that Epitant showed at the end. She just yeah. seems to be very good at, you know, maintaining a serious gallop. I that's it. That's it. It's very hard to know as well, Dean, um, actually how, um, how much is left in her tank. Cause you know, like she, she, she's, she's a habit of her, her stride shortening at the end of a race, but it mm. kind of would make you think that there's actually a lot more in her. She, she just tends to put herself up a small bit as well. So it, it'll be interesting to see really kind of what happens there, but I, I don't myself anyway see Honeysuckle going, going near a champion hurdle. Abercadabras is the main one for me and I haven't backed him because I think he'll be a very similar price on the day really. To be honest, I just think that that run behind Shishkin, I think Shishkin's going to be an absolute, just a beast altogether and to hear Barry Garrity say last week that Shishkin's of a similar ilk of um, Altior as well and they all just, just kind of seem to, be, seem to be suggesting that. So I think that uh, Supreme Novice Hurdle from last year is going to be a very, very special race and um, Abercadabras is one that I'll be supporting all season but I'll wait until kind of closer to the time to to back him for this uh Saldi my old friend I won't be backing him because he's he's very very unreliable to get to a race course but maybe if they tried an all uh K Vega approach with him and just trained him to, to be ready for the champion hurdle you'd you'd wonder what he could do because that was a brilliant performance in the Morgana yeah, last one year one day but, one run type yeah, of course isn't yeah. yeah so like if you just left him maybe just obviously as well close to the time because he won't be much shorter without a prep run and the only other horse that, that I've backed uh, just with half a mind on just in case a chase campaign doesn't go right is uh, Alexia Donadine at 25 as I've had a few pennies each way and a bit bigger on the exchanges about 75s there um, he's he was tanking in that Supreme I think that Supreme that was his hurdle as I've said is the strongest piece of form at the festival last year and I think mm-hmm. Alexa Danae would have been involved at the finish. He was unlucky with the way Asterian Falange nearly sent him over to Aintree with uh, how hard he was smacked. And uh, he'll be won just, just in case the uh, the old uh, chasing campaign doesn't go right. But yeah. um, Abercadabras is a horse that I won't be taking on much this season. Yeah. Abercadabras is the obvious one <clears throat> for me, even at the current price if you want to have a bet. And I think you flagged that and, and, and Dave suggested similar. Um, you could make the same case for a, a you know, chase career going wrong back over hurdles for the likes of Shishkin and Alexia Danae. Um, but fingers crossed, obviously, they, their careers go as they want them to go for, for connection. So, Stephen, I've left you into 
into come in now and talk about some of these horses that are not so obvious at the top. We mentioned Gosh and we mentioned Abacadabras. Obviously, Epitant won it last year. Uh, there was a brief mention of saint Wa I would like to talk about at some point. But what kind of horses are there existing outside of this bubble of you know what we can see, say, on an odds checker page? that the champion hurdle is yet to kind of embrace. Yeah, like you want, you want to see is there a path to victory. Just on touch on one there, Derm was saying Elixir Dane if he goes back chasing yeah. at 25 to 1, like that's a hell of a bad bet. But you can back Elixir Dane at 16 to 1 to win any race. And I agree, he was absolutely nice cover. Nice tanking. Cover. Well, it's not the cover, that's the bet to do. If you like Elixir Dane, that, yeah. that is the bet to do. That's what I meant. Back that's him to win any race at 16 to 1 because he could go any trip. He could end up in the RSA. He might just end up in the mar- He might go RSA to avoid Envoy Allen. JP could have something else for the arc. You don't know, you know. So mm. Elixir Dane, I love him as a horse. You have to back him to win any race because he could end up in he could end up in the bloody stairs or he could he could run in five races. So um yeah, that's the bet with him. Like uh, at the front of the market, Epitone Grant, she's short. Plenty of uh, champion hurdle winners haven't even made it back. Um, Kadabras still think he's a quirk in him. He was maybe the fourth best horse in the Supreme if Asterian Falange had jumped straight and Elixir Danny had stood up, he might have finished fourth. We wouldn't be all raving. Yeah, about him. Uh, Goshen, he's gone. He'll never win another race. Same while he was winning a handicap of 139. So you have to go fishy, fishy and, and look for something. Like I do. I do think they will go down the route. I think Henry's edging towards it uh, with Honeysuckle uh, of the champion hurdle. I'd love to see it. And if they do, I would have a 20 quid to win a monkey uh, on Betfair at 25 or whatever she is. That's worth the bet yeah. to have because if she wins an Irish champion hurdle, she'll trade at seven or eight anyway. You can get your stake back and have a free bet there. So I think yeah. back in Honeysuckle is, is a logical thing to do. And the other two that I could see... As, there's no point back in 201 shots like you could back Sharjah but I think something will be too good to beat him again even on, on better ground uh, you want something that might actually win and the two I think that are big prices that could progress the one I really really like is uh, Jason the Militant he's 100 to 1 he's very unexposed uh, he beat Andy Dufresne and he beat Andy Dufresne well now and he jumped well from the front um, he's kind of a stay in, he's an out now two miler but staying from the front um, and he jumps well and he could get a lot of them in trouble. We'll see him now on Friday against Abacadabras. Uh, I was going to say, Dan Roy will yeah, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, yeah we'll know yeah. our fate early in a way with the bet. Um, either if he yeah. goes close or if he turns over Abacadabras, he'll be whatever he'll be. He'll be 16 to 1. We'll uh, be reckoning anyway. But yeah. look, I just think look, maybe he is only a 145 horse, but there's every chance he might progress and, and, and become champion her class. Um, he also won a maiden on the flat he's definitely you, you know he's coming into the season fit and healthy because he probably ran to about 85 or 90 on his first run on the flat and that takes fair going now over a mile two um, to do that so yep. they've said Henry's come out in stable horse and said he specifically said he's keeping it for two miles he's staying hurdling so I just think 100 to 1 he could easily progress into champion hurdle contender and I'd be very keen on him. And the other one I could see, this is kind of like the Espar Dallin angle and that you're taking the best Irish four-year-old. I don't think Aspire Tower, I think he kind of trained off um, in the second half of last season. I think if you see the yeah. Aspire Tower, we saw uh, at Christmas at Leopardstown, um, he could contend in a Christmas hurdle at Leopardstown, could contend in an Irish champion hurdle. And if he does, then he could progress into a champion hurdle contender. He still ran well in the triumph, but um, he, he was jumping to his left and he never really seemed to be travelling as well as he can in his races. I kind of don't like him because he's a free-going, front-running type like Goshen. And I don't like those type of horses, like All Mankind again. 
but he's 50 to 1 so he could have a tickle on him so they'd be the ones I'd look at that might progress into champion hurdle class but Jason the Militant uh, in particular he'd be the one I'd like yeah well why not um, you find out a lot about Jason the Militant uh, this this weekend of course uh, down royal and maybe know your fate or at least uh, well, you're, you're going to know a lot more about it there were a couple I wanted to just mention that you know, at this point last year, you wouldn't have been surprised to be talking about them winning a champion hurdle at the following Cheltenham. And they'd be classical dream and completely look like when uh, Sauer and a steering flange who wanted to jump into the car park at Cheltenham every time it saw uh, a hurdle. But, you know, they are trained by a master and you never know. The horse that really uh, that I've already backed, so cards on the table, is, is Saint-Roi for, for the champion hurdle. Um, it's, it's not a price now that appeals too greatly at 10 to 1. Um, but what it did at Cheltenham off such little inexperience, all right, Stephen, you mentioned only won a handicap off, what, 139. Um, Aramon, who I thought was given a peach a ride to come and win the race and didn't quite get it done, gone on and, and obviously franked that a bit. And, and we've seen Samuel since. So, um, you know, tens doesn't really appeal now, um, to be honest. But I think that's the one that's going to step forward and, and give uh, a few headaches to the likes of Epiton and Abracadabras, which is an obvious one. And Stephen, I think you're a bit harsh on Gosh and never winning another race. Clearly, something wrong. <laughs> Clearly well, something do you wanna? Wrong. I'll have I'll have um, a hundred euros with you. He won't win a race over hurdles this season at evens. Do I want to have that hundred euros? No, <laughs> the horse doesn't look right. But uh, I'll have the hundred euros and never win another race. But I think that you're on the wrong side of that one. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, 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 yeah, I think those horses with the front running types, um, you see it no matter what the discipline is once they start to go sour they go sour very quick and they don't come back and you know it's it, something it, seems wrong something clearly seems wrong with Goshen and in, in even at the level that they've they've done what they've done with it since and you can't think that Cheltenham would have affected the horse too much because just kind of clipped its own leg didn't it but I don't know it's a strange one and um, I trust the Moors to, to get him back to something I just don't know whether if you could get involved eight to one for a champion hurdle seems absolutely mind-blowingly crazy. It doesn't make any sense on what we've seen. Uh, as Dave said, priced up on hurdles form, uh, not on flat form, obviously. Okay, um, there is another division um, that we should talk about with the senior hurdlers, and that is the stayers hurdle. Now, it might not take too long, but Paisley Park was one of the biggest disappointments of the Cheltenham Festival uh, last term demo. And you'd have to imagine if Paisley Park had, had run a normal race, would have won a stairs hurdle um, because we saw Liz Nagaroska come from the clouds and pick up a race that many people had forgotten it was even in. So um, does Paisley Park just need to get back to previous best and, and mop up a division or is there something else? More than likely. And look, Dean, he's only eight years old, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility. It's it's the, the excuses that came out were a small bit kind of uh, flimsy. I remember... Sure, they knew, did they? Correctly, like, yeah. So, like, he didn't show up, but he was due one of them. I mean, like, like six wins in a row, he was due a bad day, and he he definitely had one, <clears throat> because you can't suggest that, that the stairs hurdle was just improved all of a sudden. I mean, you've got Ronald Pump in second, and Bacardi's in third, and, you know, Emmeton and Somerville Boy, a lot of these horses, we kind of know where we stand with them. So, like, Paisley Park, he's kind of just, Another one of these horses that because he's flopped once, you'd, you'd never have got 7-1 to one any point of last season. So you can understand anyone kind of backing him at that. But um, he's not one that I'd be backing now after that, Dean, because I just think that he, he's so hard on himself. And he, he's a horse that kind of has had to do the impossible a few times because of his running style. And I just think eventually a yeah. horse a horse kind of just chucks it in. Um, like it, like He just keeps leaving himself with so much to do that he's to make up kind of 
so much ground that eventually that that tactic just kind of wasn't going to work um, and it didn't so he'll be interesting to see this season but I thought that sorry the Burley or the uh, storyteller uh, they would have won this race last season had they ran it okay. I thought mm-hmm. that the, the the front two in the uh, in the pretemps were just very very good and I thought that sorry the Burley now he's he, he can't be going into handicaps now he's He's too high after that win, obviously. And he's 16 to 1 for the stairs. I don't think they have another option with him. So I think they will They will go this route. And he'll have an easy enough kind of time with Narland. We don't tend to produce these these kind of staying hurdlers. And I think that uh, Sire de Burley um, at 16 to 1, and even the storyteller there at, um, at 33 to 1. Um, are very interesting. The uh, storytellers had an unbelievable time of it of late. And he's running, it looks like, on Saturday as well over fences. He's He's an amazing horse that just kind of keeps going. So them two would be the way that I'd be looking at this race from an early point of view, particularly the the uh, storyteller at 33s because he ran so well in that uh, pretemps last season. But uh, it's a division that uh, you definitely wouldn't be wasting a whole lot of time on, you know? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Stephen, you're you're a man who likes to <clears throat> see some long-term value um, in these in these Cheltenham races. Not afraid even to have a few darts, you know, this early on as we're talking about. Paisley Park at seven to one does look like something to have on your card for when the race comes about, assuming there's nothing wrong with the horse, which we assume there is nothing wrong with the horse. Yeah, I don't know. It's not my idea of fun now back in six, seven to one at this time of year. Like I've no great view of this race. I hate it as a race in general because you don't know what's gonna end up there. You know, nobody's there's not many horses being targeted early on, and then your failed chasers coming back. The one I would be interested in who might become a failed chaser, we'll actually know today, is latest exhibition, who I think is quite small to go jumping, and I think they could be quick enough to bring him back. There's no way I'd be backing him now at twenty five to one or thirty to one or whatever he is in Bedford. But if um if latest exhibition doesn't make a chaser, I think he would be better again on a better ground, like was quite soft last year. And just that last 50 yards up the hill against Monkfish, um, he struggled. But on better ground, another year under his belt. He's a really quick hurdler, I think. Yeah. We know today, if he if he goes and wins his big chase, that's it. But if he's beaten today and they start coming back over hurdles, he'd be one I'd be interested in. Paisley Park okay. lost two shoes and had an irregular heartbeat. So regular it was. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. the heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so when I'm, when I'm referencing the point and saying that they didn't know... Um, a regular heartbeat isn't something that the you know, previous they they'd scan this horse again a couple of times after after a bit of work and said I can run again. Then the season gets curtailed. So, you know, I think it's fair to say you know a little bit of distress can cause that. We don't really know what happened to the formerly seemingly bomb-proof uh, Pacey Park. Um, you know, it's a good shout about this uh, latest exhibition. Um, maybe not being the actual ideal type for for chasing. We'll find out. Um, around twenty-five to one, you can understand why that could be. Uh, in the mix of a stairs herder if they were to just divert their attentions. Um, David Weldon, talk about talk to me about the stairs. Have you found one that maybe Paisley isn't everyone's cup of tea at 7 to 1? Oh, I think that looks very big at this point. Yeah, I'd agree, Dean. Um, like, Paisley Park, like, if you go back and actually look at that race, everything went wrong. So he lost two shoes, the regular heartbeat, all that. But he, every time he went to make a run, he had to check and move and um, and duck and dive to try and get a run and even then co- turn the home bend he looked to be building ahead of steam and I think he traded at 1.8 in running at the time yeah. um, he was checked again and badly hampered and lost all momentum and still ran on to finish 7th so like last year's stairs hurdle was a poor race Paisley was the most likely winner underperformed was due one he's now 7-1 to one, which I think is a probably a couple of points of an overreaction to that 
Um, mm-hmm. Emma Lavelle was on there's an article on the racing TV. Emma Lavelle saying he's back in, he's loving life, and everything's looking well and good. Um, All good signs, yeah. So I'd be happy to take the seven to one now. Not a massive bet, a small bet. Um, if I'm right, he'll be odds on probably on the day. If I'm wrong, he'll go out to twenty to one and. I can look and find something else in the race to try and get my money back and whatever. So, Pacey yeah. Park seven to one for me at this moment in time is the most likely winner of the race. See, barring a flip of a horse's attentions like a latest exhibition, the only horse I can see really challenging uh, Paisley Park for the top spot in the market anyway is a horse like Time Hill came from that Albert Butler who looks who looked to contain all of the big future stars of, of the season to come. And, and Time Hill, they've committed. Um, Hobbs has said they're going to stick hurdling. They're going to go. We'll probably see it this weekend. And um, I think his favourite to beat Liz Nagara Oscar over the weekend goes and does that. The 12 to 1 will be gone. I thought 16s that were around when Philip Hobbs was talking about going for the stairs made a lot of sense. And I think if you have Paisley and Time Hill in the book at sevens and, and double figures uh, before the action gets underway in earnest, I think you could be on the favourite and second favourite come race day. That would be the way I'd play it. Um, it's not a division that lights everyone up um, and we will probably take a break here and come back and look at some of that weekend action uh, after this break on You're Listening to the Race Hour, of course, brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk. You've been listening to the Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews. Okay, welcome back to the third and final part of this week's Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Demon Nolan, Stephen Cass, David Weldon and myself, Dean Ryan. Uh, We're about to go through some of the weekend action before we get to kind of like the Saturday stuff and the the big TV cards. um, There's a a nice card, of course. It's time for Gordon Elliott and some of the other yards to bring out their big guns. Uh, Down Royal uh, always seems to be well uh, supported with some... Um, some stable stars. I might go to Stephen Cass first because a horse that we were just talking about before, uh, Jason Milton, is likely to uh, run this weekend and test some of those credentials for the likes of a champion hurdle. But Queensbrook will be out. Of course, ran well in a, in a Cheltenham bumper. Abacadabras, uh, we were just talking about in the senior hurdlers division. And uh, Envoy Allen should make a, a return to the racetrack. Um, uh, fascinating meeting, Stephen, even if it's not the biggest betting card of the weekend. Yeah, oh, no, no, it's, it's it's brilliant racing, like, and, and massive clues going forward. Much more clues even at Friday at Down Royal than there was yeah. over the whole weekend to test them in terms of the season. And Queensbrook, not sure about her over two miles. I think she wants a bit further. So she could be short and she could be one to take on. She's in the 115, the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. Uh, and then the horse I was talking about, Jason the Middleton, he's even second string from the Bromhead, uh, Rachel Rides, Aspire Tower. Yeah. They're both in the race. I wonder will the two of them run. That could be interesting. Like They might take out one and keep for another day. But at the moment, Jason the Middleton and Aspire Tower both taking on Abacadabras. Uh, Jason the Middleton gets two pounds from Abacadabras. But Abacadabras, in fairness, he's not a horse that needs a run, so he should be near his best. So we'll, we'll get a good steer on that Jason the Middleton to bet. Yes. Um, another one I liked is a good, really good handicap hurdle. All the good two-mile handicap hurdles, kind of the one, you know, just the 125, 130 horses. Um, and a horse, um, Ed Cawley's... Um, Golden Jewel, who went very close in the old Pierce Hurdle, as it called that Abrox Hurdle or whatever it's called, yeah, yeah, yeah. at the Race Festival, I think would have won. I think he was about 10th jump in the last in Leperstown, maybe even 12th, and flew home, finished third. Clear run, would have won. Um, still off 127, has a good handicap hurdle in him for definite, and he will be a double figure price. They ran him over two and a half miles the last day just to get a spin into him. 
Uh, he's not a two and a half miler at all. So hopefully that'll have put him spot on for today. Um, who's Sam uh, and Envoy Allen? I didn't see who's in the race. Moratorium, Moy Ross. Yeah, sure. Obviously he's going to win. Uh, I'm just getting confused. The Samco race is a Saturday, isn't it? So that's pretty much it for, for Down Royal on Friday. Yeah. For me. Yeah, I mean, it's a, Dave, it's a watching brief, probably, most of that car, but you just want to see these horses come out, show they've got... Uh, you know, actually, there's uh, been a bit unfair, probably, to like, sort of the, the hurdle race and stuff, where we're going to find a bit more about them, but um, Sam Crow popping around... <clears throat> Uh, Envoy Allen popping around Queensbrook, maybe you know if you if you weren't too disappointed with the last run, um, a, a race of uh, to form a few more thoughts for as we go forward. Yeah, it's something to have on in the background when you're watching just to see how these make sure these horses are all alive and well and, and running well. Like you won't be getting too involved. Um, have a look maybe Queensbrook and some uh, Cheltenham races maybe because I think she's a very exciting mare going forward. Okay. She might not want two miles, but um, going forward I think she'd be. Very good. Well, it's opening salvos, isn't it, for them, Demo? You know, even a, a defeat at this point of the season doesn't really mean too much, um, you know, unless you're, you're typed to wade in at short odds and hoping they're A1 on return. It's much better to just watch them and, and form opinions after that. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Like, um, Abigail really should, should be winning that. And Allen should be winning in Queensbrook. She, she will want further, but she should be winning as well. So, yeah, look, it's great to watch, and that's all I'll be doing anyway, definitely. There are some thoughts up on bookmakers.co.uk from uh, the ambassador there, Keith uh, Donoghue, uh, worth checking out and uh, and keeping abreast of that as we go through a season. Good to have him back on that site, giving us, uh, the Keith said, uh, ammunition for the, for the weekend's uh, podcast as we go <laughs> forward, Demo. So I'm looking forward to that being said many, many times as uh, we run through the jump season. All right, chaps, so why don't we get stuck in then to um, – a bit of Ascot and Weatherby, and of course there is a race at Downroad we might also uh, mention there on the weekend on Saturday itself. And the 120 at Ascot, um, I might come to you first, Dermo. Did you have any fancies for this? It's the uh, the handicap chase there of a two-mile three. Um, likely to have a, a JP uh, favourite in Dr. Sanderson for Paul Nichols. Looking at the current entries. Yeah, this is a, a decent but very, very trappy <laughs> handicap chase. I mean, some of these are... Obviously, completely, we don't know anything much about him. Falco Blitz was a horse that I really liked last season, and mm. he just kind of can find winning hard to come by, but he did win twice. Uh, but Severana was one that I've always liked, and there's an awful lot of upside to this horse. I mean, he's seven years old, going over fences, but he's a really, really tough sort. And that second in March last year to McFabulous, I mean, that's that's been franked already this season. As well as that, he was second by a neck to a bright forecast in 2018. He was second behind Eldorado Allen, uh, third behind Reserve Tank, who I know flattered to uh, deceive afterwards, but he was a very, very good horse on that season. So there's an awful lot here to this horse that if fences can just unlock a little bit more. I mean, he's a 133-rated hurdler after finishing second to McFabulous. So he doesn't need to improve an awful lot past that and he's a horse to me that has always looked like a chaser in waiting and I think Severano there at 6-1 to one, if he does turn up now don't bother back in him antipost because he'd be a similar price on the day anyway but I just think that he's he's quite a decent horse and I think fences will only bring out the absolute best in him and Oliver Sherwood he's a, a shrewd old operator as well um, Stephen, I might come to you now because what, what the likely thing that happens with a race like this, if you start looking at the market as it is right now, is that you know come at some of the, the more hyperboiled trainers, likes of uh, Paul Nichols, will have his, his blog out on Friday kind of afternoon, and he might say something nice about JP McManus looking favourite in the first race on the TV, and that'll shorten. 
I, I looked at this race now. I wouldn't pretend to know a ton about these kinds of horses, but I watched the replays. I really liked Dr. Sanderson and his attitude. Um, and I think with Paul Nichols, JP, like you said, 5-1 to one just looked really big. He strikes me as a horse that's going to go off a lot shorter. Just uh, Dean Severano, these yeah. horses, like, for, obviously might run because they might go for beginners chasing them, but I, I, does anyone know, like, these horses, I find that the, the British system crazy where you just off, you go with your handicap mark over fences. I would guess that first time over fences in a handicap off 135, th- those type of horses surely couldn't have a good record, but, you know, well, what's your thinking on that? I think it's about opportunity knocks, isn't it, for them? You'd imagine that they've done enough. Uh, certainly a trainer like Oliver Sherwood would know exactly what he's doing there. And it's not like they've, they've got a horse at seven who um, who's going to need much experience. It's not a, it's not a five- or six-year-old coming at them. So I'm not surprised to do it with those. I think it suits the older ones, actually, than having to waste their time. Um, yeah, I wonder what honest. the stats are. I'd like to see this to hear the no stats idea. on it. Yeah. No idea. But it makes sense for a horse like Severano, to be honest. But Severano has a few entries. Um, Galaw, they stay, he's the second favourite. Um, Galaw is kind of a joint second favourite with um, Severano. And they stated yeah. that he'd be going to Weatherby after his last run. So that's why I think I, I think both of those might not run. And then Dr. Sanderson, all of a sudden, he's 5-2, he's 2-1. to two, two to one. Like This is yeah. the logical race for him. So I think 5-1 to one him at this stage uh, looks a good bet. Dave Weldon, a view on the one twenty. Um, I just had a, I liked the is as a, a hurler last year. He didn't really live up to expectations, and yep. going chasing off one two five looks workable. Um, I think Stephen just back on the point about chasers, um, going handicapping on the first hour over fences. Um, I think you see it a lot more from the bigger stables who kind of know what they have at home and they have horses that they work with and stuff like that that they win first time out now I've no stats on that to back it up but the likes of Henderson or Nichols you'd see one go chasing first time in a handicap um, would win more often than not whereas smaller stables maybe smaller like Oliver Sherwood would need a couple of runs over fence before they find their feet that's just mm. kind of a hot take on, on what I see but I think it sure, it sure is it's probably better than a 125 horse and that's kind of the angle I'm taking at about 9 to 1 anti-post there but as Stephen says a few of these will probably come out yeah yeah you'd imagine the race to tighten up a little bit uh Dr Sanderson uh Severano and it sure is uh getting mentions there across uh the panel the 135 at Weberby is the next in chronological order anyways you're going to face them as they come at you on the television on the weekend um also I quite liked in this handicap chase was was Darlac of Colin Tizard's um figure there's a little bit more to come from him now he's already gonna have to lump around 12 stone if they do decide to line, line up here and um did get a, a spin in at hereford behind Monbeg theater uh, albeit an odds on uh beaten favorite under robbie but i think tizard's horse has just taken a while to wake up so i wouldn't that wouldn't put me off too much about dialect i think that'll go well enough guy is likely to be the favorite in here uh damn it yeah this was a race dean that i couldn't make heads or tails of to be honest with you um i thought guy guy was a solid favourite. My eye kept kept going to Darlac, but I'd be an absolute fraud if I was putting a horse up on this. I, I have no idea at all. Going to take a bit of solving, all right. Dave Welder. Yeah, s- similar to the Dermo. Um, it's a tough race to figure out. Darlac, I remember back in Darlac, I think I put him up on some site year, a couple of years ago now at 7-1 to one, at Fontwell Maiden Hurl, and he went off odds on and absolutely hacked up. But he's been an absolute disappointment since then, um, and you, I couldn't back him at all. Uh, Champagne Noir won last time for Charlie Longson, and with that spin under his belt, off one seventeen, about eight to one, looks a, bit, a couple of points too big. But 
if I'm having a bet in this race, I'm in trouble. Jeez, we might need to rely on Stephen Cass here, which I don't mean that the way it sounded, Stephen. Maybe you have something. I fancy one. I fancy one out of the way here. And now this is all on the basis that I've never even heard of half these horses, but I watched all the replays um, since. And my angle in here is there's going to be a ton of pace on. So I was watching the replays and Pogue, uh, Racius Felix, there's a lot of front running, and I mean real savage pace. Um, so I'm thinking there's a horse here called Well Smitten. He's 16 to 1. He won a course of distance handicap uh, in March. He's a hold up horse, and like he's the definition of a hold up horse. You're going to be getting there after they jump the last, and they'll ride him like that. Uh, on breaks of greater than 100 days, his record is U11, and he was there to win his race on the U, so he could, on, you know, he could be three from three on, on big breaks. He goes on any ground. The weather, weather be is a thing, you know, could go soft at the moment, yeah. just soft, uh, but he'll be fine if, if the rain does come. And three of the trainers, uh, the trainer Sam England, three of his last five runners have won. This horse is 16 to 1. It, you know, you would imagine since he won that race in March, this has probably been his target uh, for the early season. Trainer flying, um, the way the race is going to be run is going to suit him. 16 to 1 looks a big price. So, yeah, he'd be one of my more confident picks of the weekend. Love it. Well smitten then for Sam England uh, in the 135 at Weatherby. And it's a price as well. So while uh, the rest of us fumbled around, uh, Stephen Cass did find something uh, worth going to war with. I, like I said, I'm going to give Dalek a shout if it does uh, pitch up there, albeit you've got to be prepared to get your heart broken uh, with a horse that can travel like that and uh, and find the deck and do all sorts of different things. There's more ability than 127 there, though, if it can be unlocked. Um, okay, moving on then to uh, a horse that I think was part of a big enough story uh, last year around this weekend. Uh, it was, uh, was Capeland and Diego de Charville, you might remember. So we're, we're back at the scene of uh, previous crimes. And uh, it's Ascot and Capeland likely to be favourite for the uh, the two-mile, one-furlong handicap chase there, the listed contest. At one yeah, I mean, a year ago, we had absolute war about this horse. The uh, two of us, you thought that uh, Diego de Charville should have kept the race, and I thought there was no way in hell. But um, I went through this, this last night. I went through it again this morning. I know he's giving away heaps of weight to everyone here, but I don't see much of a horse against him. Um, mm. Like 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 the the rest of them, like Iblio's for Nature Williams. We've no notion how her horses are because again, she it tends to be around now that she starts coming out, and once she starts having there a few was the she... winner there yesterday that almost looked like Venetia was about to go back. Yeah, so like once yeah. she explodes, and this has been a meeting where she has exploded before. Mm-hmm. Um, so like she's had she's had two winners now over the last week from like a a pool of six horses. So of course this could be interesting. But Iblio ha- hasn't shown an awful lot of form, um, or at least sorry hasn't shown very very strong form. I mean uh, has been winning one twice at, at Huntington and or sorry one once at Huntington won a win Canton and it was second last year behind Canelo who's no great shakes himself. So Capeland has been here before. He should have won this race. Uh, last year he won again afterwards he's only seven pounds higher um he's a typical paul nichols horse who could just keep on improving kind of like uh, uh a good few of his and i just think capeland is well capable of giving these horses weight and give them a beating as well Lee. and i thought 11 to 4 on the day i would definitely be all over capeland okay stephen cass yeah, Iblio, I'd be worried about him running. I think that, that the forecast for Athens Ground might not be soft enough, right? Yeah, he yeah. mightn't even run. He, he wants heavy ground. So in a way, there's a kind of a nice betting shape because he's he's quite a big 
big part of it. And if you don't like Caitlin, given that he kind of, after he had his win at Ascot last year, he hasn't shown much since, so you're taking a bit on trust. Like, this is such a bad race for a listed race. You know, it's £14,000 <laughs> is all to the winner. There's only one horse rated over, two horses rated over 135. Like, where are all the horses in England? Like, what's what's the story? But anyway, is I don't know, is this the same race as... Um, when we had the Cape Land Diego de Charmiel the back of last year, if it actually is the same race, that was worth twice or three times the money. So I don't know what's happening there. Uh, that's only an aside. The one I would like to back because Cape Land, he has to show, you know, he's back to, to last year's form. He's high enough in the handicap. He's not much better than a 150 horse. The one with upside, I think, is uh, Amula Gold uh, of Dan Skelton's, who absolutely, he won by length, but he bowled up. He was all over the winner. You could see coming to the last, and they just held on to him um, after that. So a Dan Skelton improver at 6-1, to one, um, he'd do me. Yeah, OK. Amula Gold then for Stephen Cass is one that could improve, and Caitlin's obviously got a fair burden of weight to carry for previous uh, efforts and running off 150 with 11 stone 12 there. Dave, you know, you're often a fan of these uh, these types, these skeleton types, like Amula Gold. Is that where you were leaning? That's where I was leaning, exactly, Dean. Amula Gold mm-hmm. is, is one of the stronger bets of the weekend, let's say. Um, Zuri be out, the other skeleton horse, mightn't even run around last week, I think. Um, but Amula Gold, yeah. Echo everything Stephen Cass said. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Well, there's two big shouts for that. Uh, Dan, I think Caitlin's done enough and, and justifies the right spot at the top of the market. Uh, I'm going to sit the race out, although I can see why the, the, the sexy horse could be a mood of gold. And Iblio, uh, going to need a bit of rain, I think, for Venetia to to let that one uh, shoot out the traps. Uh, what about the 210 at Weatherby then? Uh, Dave, I might come to you first on this. I don't think you're the biggest Verdana Blue fan in the world, but... Um, well, it's probably rightly at uh, top of the market here. The fascinating horse has got to be Stormy Island, doesn't it? After slightly letting the letting the side down for Paul Nichols on return. Yeah, um, I'm not the biggest fan of Rand Rue at all. I presume she's probably unlikely to run here um, if the ground turns anyway soft, um, given she wants good ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's well clear on ratings, so deserves to be top of the market. The horse I liked, um, the price has been pretty much decimated. I think a couple of people put it up, Andy Post, um, is White Hot Chitty Fitty for Harry Fry. Um, right. ran, finished sixth in the Mayor's Novice last year, which was a good run. Um, a reproduction of that would see her go close at what was a big price. I think she was available at 14s on Monday or Tuesday. Um, Stormy Ireland is the interesting one. If she can improve on that first run for Nichols, she'd have to have every chance. Um, She's a head case and for Willie Mullins, but a, a, a lovable head case. Um, and off 148, she'd be the one to most likely give Ferdana Blue a, um, a headache to think about. But at the mm-hmm. prices, I just thought White Hot Chili Philly was, was too big. Okay. White Hot Chili Philly for Harry Fry. Stephen Cass, uh, it's a quick change of plan if this is where Stormy Island does turn up next for Paul Nichols, isn't it? Uh, it is, but she's she's kind of harsh. I'd say you could mix it between, and they do that a lot more with mares, you know, like some magical light. You could mix it between hurdles and fences, and it was a really good run the last day. Everyone's down on it, but like she she finished ahead of Silver Streak, not Silver Streak, sorry. Um, yeah, Silver, yeah, stolen, stolen silver, stolen, stolen silver. silver. Yes, 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 that's the one. He's, yeah. a, he's a really good horse, and El Dorado Allen looked very good. So I thought it was actually a really, really good one. She might just be a hot race. She, yeah, it, I think it was a hot race, and I think she'll run here mm. and she'll run late forties, one fifty. Um, if you take a confident view of the weather forecast, I don't think they run Verdana Blue, and she's a cracking bet at two to one because she'll win. Uh, so you know you'd want to get get your weather apps up, take a view now, and maybe back Stormy Island at two to one if you knew she was running. But it's very quick back. But you could be 
you could be cute enough here if you hear something and take the two to one. The one that's a, an absolutely wild price altogether. Mrs. Hyde is 33 to one. Um, I, I, I don't understand it at all. I mean, the, Penny Power are taking that view. I can't see why she wouldn't run. Um, so she's one, she's right at 133. Mm. She's close on the third best in. Uh, you might have one of the top two not running. You might have all of them not running. And 33 to one, the way she won the last day, beating good solid uh, sticks in a listed race. I'd, I'd be chancing Mrs. Hyde at 33s. Uh, she's won her last three runs. She's progressive. Um, you know, it mightn't take much to win this race. And if you're back in White Hot Chili Philly, um, you know, they're rated around the same. So I don't see why Mrs. Hyde at 33 to 1 and the others are single figures. She'd be the one I'd go for. Yeah, there's a bit of the unfashionables in that price for sure for Brian Ellison because ran in, in you know, the lights of a champion bumper, Aintree, from what I remember. Um, and has only gone about business doing really good things at some of the, the northern tracks. So that's a fair shout. Dermot Nolan. Yeah, this this isn't a very good race by any means at all. Um, I thought last time uh, Bernard Blue looked 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 really poor. I thought behind Silver Streak last time. Now he's a good enough horse that did place in a champion hurdle, but that champion hurdle absolutely blew up that one that Espardalen won. Um, so she's very very hard to know. Like if Stormy Ireland turns up for this, I think she's a cracking bet. I think Ireland's mares are just way ahead of the UK mares, and though. The form last year of beating Franco de Port, beating Elfield, uh, finishing second behind Benny Dadu. Now she was a distant second, but still she was she was nine and a half lengths. And then at Cheltenham, then she was she was second before behind Roxana in a mare's hurdle. There's the most upside is with Stormy Ireland. Now Paul Nichols needs to figure it out. And I completely agree with uh, Stephen Cast as well that 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 second in a novice chase. I think that was a very good. St- novice chase I mean even Zanza back and forth I mean he's like not a bad horse whatsoever so Storm Ireland if she does show up and I don't see why she wouldn't races like this don't come around too often this, this is a nice chance to pick up some uh, prize money and I hope Verdana Blue does run because she'll she'll make the market but I think Storm Ireland is the best of these by a considerable margin Okay, I think Stormy Island uh, deserves to to have a crack here, and maybe Stephen Cass is absolutely right. You can mix it up with the mares because they get so many opportunities that are nicely lined up for them to go and go and aim at big pots. So that doesn't that actually makes plenty of sense. And of course, we'll always uh, be very fond of Stormy Island for getting out of the way of uh, the, the wonderful honeysuckle at Cheltenham. So why not throw that one in? And <laughs> uh, best of luck uh, to uh, to connections if they do go for this mayor's race and and maybe I think the fascinating pick out there is is Stephen's uh, Mrs Hyde uh, that could be a, that could be a very interesting runner certainly at the current prices they won't be there if that race does cut up as it looks like it will um, should we mention Delta Work going at Down Royal squeezed into that mix of Ascot and Weatherby of course there Dermo um, Delta Work presenting Percy now of course the same yard likes of Chris's dream the storyteller who you've already talked about. Um, on this pod as having such a good time of it during the, the resumption of racing. Um, it's, it's a decent race, isn't it, that Labrooks champion chase? It is. Uh, Delta Work seems to always need his first run. I mean, he, he he was beaten well in this race last year before bouncing back and having a great season. And when you actually go through his runs after a proper break, I mean, um, 2nd of November here in 2018, he barely beat Niven. Um, afterwards, obviously, left that kind of miles behind him then, ran a great race in the RSA. Uh, before that, he was third in 2017 of 178-day break and um, was beaten by Early Doors, your favourite horse, Dean. And he doesn't um, he doesn't seem to put his best performance in on the first run of the season. So I'd be happy enough to kind of take on Delta Work. Uh, Gordon Elliott has been 
waxing lyrical about presenting Percy, but very hard to know where we stand with this horse. And he keeps mentioning the Grand National. So you'd say that there will be plenty of work left in this horse for this race. So Chris's dream kind of similar story. We, we don't know how fit he is. Uh, great jumper, as you'd expect from his connections. But I'm just, I'm still not kind of convinced on him overall as an absolutely top-level horse. Um, he beat Shattered Love by two and quarters length. So a 13 to 2 won't be the best of these horses come the end of the season by any means. But I just thought the uh, storyteller, this it will be his kind of Gold Cup type effort. Um, and he's been absolutely super, superb this season. He absolutely kicked uh, 2A for me out of his way last time. Um, struggled with easy game over two and a half miles, but definitely kind of once further than that. And just a horse who's in this good spirits is uh, running this well. I just thought at 13 to 2 it might just be the right time to uh, catch the storyteller in a race that kind of could fall apart on the day yeah okay okay interesting shout um dave weldon i mean there's a lot of trainers with multiple entries in here um henry and gordon of course dominating uh, what we can see in the card which is i guess not surprising but there's probably no reason he won't run many of them isn't there like especially in gordon's case he probably run four or five at least and and you know it does does help him suss out some pecking orders and give them ideal starts is there a bet in the race though for you yeah exactly on, on that like, like they're all one five six horses plus whether they yeah. are every day of the week is a different story so they have to run somewhere <laughs> to get their season started um yeah so start them off here but i, I think chris's dream is the bet um just go back okay. to last season and the way he won the troy town i know he was he was a blot off 146 or whatever but um the way he won the race the way he jumped through it that was his first start um i think i think he's about 130 and um, if he's anyway fit he'll go off shorter delta workers mm-hmm. Dermo said he, he needs his first run. Um, he was hammered in this race last year. Presenting Percy, he'd be tracking around to get a, a couple of pounds off his, off his ra- rating for the Grand National. So I think Chris Dream is the bet. I think he'll go off a lot shorter as well if if he is fit and ready to go. So I'm happy to take that price now. Okay. Chris's Dream uh, for you, the storyteller for Dermo. Uh, Stephen, is it a race that you'd be trying to find a punt or is there too many imponderables with these horses all returning yeah it's, it's a race I, I won't be having a bet I think Delta Work will win I think 7-4 to four looks a fair price but it's the kind of price I'd be annoyed at myself if I backed him and he lost whereas if he, you know I do expect him to win but I'm yeah. happy to leave him alone you know that kind of way I think Gordon knows um, that he was stuffy enough he'll have him a bit straighter this year Jack Kennedy's going to be back that's a big bonus to this horse they get on very well together uh, I like, you know, it is between him and Chris's dream, and I think I'd be happy back in Delta work at seven to four in a match with Chris's dream, but I'd right. probably just leave it. Okay, okay. I, I'm looking at this with a view um, that plenty of these runners are already thinking about the Grand National. It seems crazy, but lights of Percy and two A per me, who I think probably needs to go for something like that as well. Um, Obviously, Alpha will be back there. Ravenhill makes sense. Um, I'm fascinated to see these horses go through their season because I think all roads will lead to Aintree at some point, which, yeah, for the romantic in me, that's an interesting race. I won't be betting in this one, though. Um, Potter's Corner is going to do the virtual national, grand national double, do you know it? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? The first horse ever to do the double. (laughs) Yeah, they have a terrible record. Oh, I love it. Uh, there's a race that super interests me that follows uh, this in the TV schedule anyway, in the in the chronological order. It's the 2.45 at Weatherby when we get the Bet365 Hurdle, the Grade 2, uh, because Time Hill is going to start the campaign towards the Stairs Hurdle, 
um, and is currently uh, market leader over Liz Nagaros, though lights of Next Destination, Roxana, uh, Indefatigable is in there. I've said that terribly. Uh, even a few uh, weird entries, lights of Slate House and Kildersight have entries in here, though I'm not sure uh, that's where they'll be pitching up. Maybe as preps uh, to go chasing again. Stephen Cass, I'll let you go first on this. Uh, Time Hill, I think, will win. I know I already asked David Weldon before, and he said he thinks it'll lose. Uh, what do you think? Um, I think it's one on the preps. Um, like Copperhead is in there, and um, yeah. what's the other one? He said Slade House. They'd be interested. Like I think this is the race that Native River ran in before he won the Hennessy. So that'd be interesting to just to watch whichever yeah. one Tizard runs. You know, uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, Native River was a really good running on third or fourth. Um, mm-hmm. So that'd be interesting. Uh, at the top of the market, uh, Time Hill, you know, he still he, he has to prove himself to be Grade One and Open Company. So yeah. I, I, you know, he might win, but Hobbs's horses, they're going so bad that I'd be inclined to leave him alone. Listener Oscar has a penalty. Is he good enough horse to be carrying a penalty and winning this? And you'd imagine all roads lead to March now with him. So you know yeah. how fit will he be? Uh, the one I like is Holstone. He goes, just goes so well fresh. His record fresh is 1-1-4, 1-1. Um, Davis, he's a bit slow to get going, but he's getting going now. And... I, I, you know, he has been chasing, but I just think 16 to 1's a very big price about him. You get home at Weatherby over three miles, you know, his struggle is to get home. Uh, I, I, yeah. I would have thought he should be single figure, so I'd be chancing Holstone at 16 to 1. Okay. Holstone uh, gets chanced there by Stephen Cass for that, uh, the three mile hurdle at Weatherby. David Weldon? It's a, it's a fascinating race, really. Next destination on his first run in forever for uh, Paul Nichols and Roxana, mm. who runs well in these races as well, and um, a couple others as well. Like it, it is it is a well known trial that Tizard uses for this race for for Ladbrook. So be interesting to see how them horses get on as well. Um, at a bit of a price now, he needs to find a couple of stone. Um, or you might be able to lend it to him. Um, it's <laughs> Port Rush Ted for Warren Greytrex. Um, he knows what it takes to to train a stayer. Um, he was going well enough last time out. Sorry, what well, he was he was flat out last time out, but he wasn't finished with yet. I don't think I think if he hadn't tipped up, um, he might have been there thereabouts. And at twenty to one plus, um, I just give him a little squeak in, in what is a fascinating race and probably one of the better races of the weekend of the All Standard Ground. Yeah, if, if this field lines up, it will be fascinating. Okay, there's a mention there for Port Rush Ted. We've already had Holstone uh, flagged up by Stephen Castema. I'll let you go. Uh, yeah, Dean, I thought uh, Time Hill wins this and wins this quite comfortably. Uh, Philip Hobbs has just had a winner there at um, Otay, actually, uh, under uh, James Reevely, and he had a good second yesterday as well in a handicap. Back is what you're saying, it's back. So That's good. There, there might yeah. just be a bit of light in this tunnel. There's an awful lot of trainers. I mean, even Gordon Elliott was saying it last week that, that his horses are behind, so there's a lot of horses. Right. So this might just be completely a timing up for Time Hill excuse the pun and um, I think he, hey. I think he is the best of these I mean, Lisner or Oscar is probably not being respected enough there in the market but I think if uh, Time Hill turns up here he wins the yeah, I, I, I think that too. If Time Hill is the horse that I think it is um, I think he'd be winning this and I wouldn't be put off by 5-2 to two, but I'm happy to wait for the uh, for the day of the race I'm pretty sure most of these are going to uh, chance their arm against him and you know maybe there's there's more negative feelings out there towards Time Hill uh, than I have so I can uh, I can I can get involved then on the day Time Hill will be my pick in that contest am um, I going to come to you first uh, for the Sedetsko handicap hurdle uh, good luck trying to solve this there's a few dual entries around in here I know Malaya is engaged there 
elsewhere and I think a couple of the others are as well um Malaya being an interesting runner I guess but likes a kid commando and Animoa uh, in this 305 the Sadesco handicap hurdle a uh, tough old race to solve but they're going to be like this on on the Saturdays to come which is what it's all about that's it exactly yeah Dean it's um it's been a proper kind of just a proper card now again and this is the weekend really where the the jumps does does get going in earnest um yeah I I really like uh a balanced gear here. Um, I thought that 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 run a false last will leave him bang on for this. I mean, he was off for 313 days before that, and before that he was running behind the likes of the uh, the Banner King Rebel, who I rate and beat Evander at Ludlow last year. Yeah. Um, he's a bit to improve to kind of to reach these, but I just thought at um at 12 to one of such a low mark, I think there is he's a horse that I think there's an awful lot of potential with, and we know an awful lot about the horses. At the top of this market, um, and I think uh, Balance Guard could be one to back who could have an awful lot of upside left in him. Okay, Balinska, or uh, yeah, Balinska, I oh. think. Evan Williams, number 16 in that 305 at Ascot. Dave Weldon, you're up next. Yeah, I, I just thought Kick Commando would, would win this race. Um, okay. One first time out in a bumper at Fontwell last year. It took a few runs to get off the mark as a maiden, but it was running in decent races, um, like behind Israel Champ. And uh, Highway 102, last time out, finishing third. Um, and about 6-1, to one, I thought it was a fair enough price. Okay. Kid Commando, uh, Anthony Honeyball, isn't it? Kid Commando, yeah. Uh, in there, around 5-1. to one. Uh, Stephen Cass, have you, have you tried to solve this? It's a puzzling handicap, to be fair. Um, I did try and solve it. I don't have much to say in it. Sam for someone is, a, is an interesting horse. Like, he would be beyond the bounds. He'd progress into a champion hurdle contender. So if he was going to... Uh, he'd want to be winning this off top weight, so I might have a little nibble on him if he runs um, win only, because uh, you know he, he kind of is a bit free going, and he's kind of he yeah. can bolt up in this off one fifty three and prove that, yeah. and he might go for the Christmas herd, but um, other than that, no, I don't have a great feel. If I was going to take an angle to lean on, that's the one I'd go for. I'd go with the class act and see if it can step up this term, and that is song for summer for for Tom Simons. There was always a lot of talk about Gantista. Uh, Nicky Henderson uh, has got this one entered in there. And if there, uh, there's already been a little bit of money around for it, I wonder if they can get this one uh, sweet enough because a couple of times it's uh, it's let me down when I thought the vibes were going to be, uh, we're going to prove correct about Countista. So Countista and Song for Someone were the two interesting runners in the race uh, for me, if you're going to take a view with it. Uh, Stephen, I'll come to you first um, with the, the Weatherby Charlie Hall, which is one of the biggest races, of course, of, of a season anyway. Uh, always, always hugely um, interesting to see who turns up and what kind of happens out of the back of this. It's a possible side name could go here and, and take on Sam Spinner. And, and, you know, there's horses stepping up from last term, like Vindication, who could yet play a hand in some of these big, big chases this year, of course, stepping out of handicap company and stuff. Uh, what do you make of a, a surname? Of course, being out to your last year, um, you know, I'm not sure got the credit deserved for that. Um, I think he got plenty of credit for that, Dean. He was rated the best heart. Maybe it's just he doesn't go to the festivals, is what I mean. Yeah. You know, he doesn't didn't go to Cheltenham, and then the rest of the season was curtailed. So yeah, yeah. But I think I think you know, hardcore racing fans, you know, he he, he did get the credit. Um, in in that respect, this is an absolutely unbelievable race. And what's more, I actually think the surname they've said is going here, but I think Vindication will go here as well instead of Ascot if they want to start. Yeah. Now maybe he won't, but I think. I have a feeling he'll go here because Kim Bailey has, has indicated he'll go here, but he said he's still in Alaska and we'll have a look. Um, yeah. But he did indicate they're going towards Weatherby. 
Uh, Baliotic won it last year. Um, Sam Spinner is Sam Spinner, and and Surname's going here. So what what a race! Like as as well as mm. Black, now Black Gordon, he'd probably go Ascot, but Labagawal run. Um, you know whether Gordon brings over any, but this is this is an absolute belter of a race. Uh, surname, I'd have huge question marks. He's had two rotten runs in a row, a horrible fall the last day. Um, the the left handed right handed thing is always talked about. I don't personally. I don't think he's going to have a problem left handed. To me, he jumps off his uh his his his, his um his near four is left. So I think he's going to be fine. Um, going left, but that's another question mark. Uh, and then you have the trip. The trip's a huge question mark with surname. I, I'm not mm. sure he'll stay. In fact, I don't think he will mm. stay. So I would be very keen to take him on. Um, Sam Spinner. You know, open company is a big step up and he's a bit of a free going sort, which I don't like at Weatherby. Like, they're going to go a good clip here, and whether he'll get home in this class of field. Baliotic won it last year, but he's 10 now, pushing on 11, wouldn't have the class. A vindication, I think, isn't as good a horse at Cheltenham, and yet he still managed to, to finish fourth at the ultimate last year. And was he leading or he was upsides jumping the last off top weight? That was a serious run. Uh, back uh, on a flatter track I think he's going to take all the beat and he's a proper horse he's, he should be improving still he's only 7 his, his back form is really good you know he beat champ over hurdles he destroyed champ over hurdles actually and he is an absolute monster if he took away his two Cheltenham runs he's, he's, he's um, 7 from 8 or something like that and I think if you can be really confident he's going to run here whatever he'll be he'll be 9-2 5-1 in the morning I would have a mm. big bet on vindication each way because I think he's an absolute machine yeah, he is the he is the uh, the potential future star. Maybe if it isn't even for Cheltenham, um, but he is the potential future star for Kim Bailey. If they do go, it does make it fascinating. Derm, I'll come to you. Um, Jed O'Keefe said he was having nightmares when he was reading the horses they might be taking on uh, in in this Charlie Hall. Uh, when you see the likes of the the surname up there on one seven six, and you're only getting three pounds, uh, you can understand that. Of course you can. And uh, this horse has never really looked uh, completely natural over fences. Um, he he's a very hesitant jumper. Um, for each of his starts, and he also he he jumps a bit right too, which which isn't going to help him at all. And I just know I couldn't be having completely echo everything Stephen said about vindication. He, he's probably going to be my biggest bet of the weekend if he does rack up here, uh, which he should. Um, and I just think he's an absolutely whopping bet. I I just think that he's he's a superstar of a horse. That that run at Cheltenham deserves to be marked up massively. And um, for for every reason that Stephen said, so I echo everything um, that that he's already said. And I just think he's he's going to take the absolute a bit of stopping here. He'll still he'll okay. still be four to one because surname will be two to one, and because yeah, the rest of the field is pretty strong. He'll still be four to one on the Friday, maybe bigger. So there's no point taking the eleven to two now when there's that question mark whether he runs. So I I would you know I I'd happy take four to one knowing he's running. And have a good cut each way at that. Yeah, I think it's very likely. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. You'll see a few extra places as well. You know, not that maybe that doesn't suit everyone. Uh, Welder, over to you. Yeah, I agree with everything the lad said with indication there. Um, just another thing we'll get onto in a minute. Like, but uh, Imperial Aura looks likely to run in the Sedexo Gold Cup at Ascot for Kim Bailey. So that would give you another indication if indication will run here. Um, mm-hmm. I'd probably give um, oh, like this race is just full of old horses. It's just it does nothing for me at all. <laughs> Bar 
star of indication who's the up and coming horse. Like I, I have no time for surname. Ponicles all last year said no, we can't go left handed. He has you know, you go right handed or and he won't go anywhere else and that's it. He just go two and a half miles and now suddenly he's running him over three miles at Weatherby first time up this season after, on the back of a fall. Does nothing for me. It probably plays lame if anything. Um and yeah, Vindication is the only one that actually makes logical sense. It's the only horse that seems to be up and coming. Um, and you can forgive him finishing fourth in a, in a good renewal of the ultimate. I know you, you like the conditional a lot, Dean. So yeah. uh, I think Vindication is, is the right horse for this race. One of the one of the hottest races at the festival last year for me, and hopefully the conditional goes and shows that in something like the elaborate, the old Hennessy, and then onto Gold Cup. And there was a few horses in there that will fancy themselves going forward this season. And uh, I hope Vindication backs it up at the weekend. Although I think, you know, if you if you just looked at this on paper, surname's going to be strong on the on the day. Um, yeah. I can't disagree. Let's hope Vindication does the business for those listening and for the chaps on here that fancy it so strongly for Kim Bailey and David Bass jots up around five to one now, but I can see that price being very close to the mark on the weekend as well, as Stephen Cass was um, alluding to. Okay. Can I, can I um, mention the one at a big price in the race? Not sure where he's going to go, but there's a horse, a horse called I Wright, yeah. and he's in the Charlie Hall. Uh, where else has he entered? He's entered in that uh, intermediate chase at Carlisle. As well, so you don't know where he's going to run, but I, 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 this horse, right? He, he, um, he fell in his um, chase and debut when he was probably going to win. He then hammered the one hundred and forty-four rate Mulcase Hill over three miles and soft at Newcastle. Uh, mm. Then, which effectively was his second chase start, really. He ran in the RSA, and if you watch back the RSA, he was absolutely tanking with four to jump. He was, he was, he was in third. He was up there going really well. Uh, and then he clattered the fourth last. He landed with his back legs on it. He shuffled back to eighth or ninth. They hurried him up to, to, to third, fourth place again. And he stayed on and stayed on and finished fifth. Now, on his pretty mm. much his second chase start, that was unbelievable. And he is rated 144. He definitely could be a bit 150 source. He, he's 33 to 1 for the Charlie Hall. I don't think he'll beat Vindication. But he is surely being aimed at the Labrox Trophy. And given how well he ran in the RSA, um, he's 40 to 1 now. I think that's a great bet. So just keep an eye on him if he does run this weekend. I write as the horse. Like he's got an unfashionable trainer, Harriet Graham. So um, he, he might be a big price on the day in the Labrox Trophy. But if he is entered this weekend and going to run, I'd back him now for the Labrox Trophy at 40s because, uh, you know, you could be on, on a good bet then because he definitely has plenty of ability. Yeah, okay. Fascinating shout that Harry Graham's right. He ran over two miles in a seasonal debut this year and he was beaten half and the next day well. on by nuts well. And look how the form is working out. The winner of the overcome. Yeah, Sorry, that's the only thing I meant to say on him. Like everywhere you look, his form is working out really well. Um he looks really well handicapped. So forty to one for the Lavis Trophy really does look a good bet. Good shout. Okay, that's I right. Um Harriet Graham's runner, uh, potentially in the Charlie Hall or could go elsewhere. Keep an eye on that and maybe uh, pitch up in the Labrook seems to be that's where it's aimed. Stephen, I'll come to you first on the Sedexco because you know we mentioned a couple of the horses um that are obviously in the Charlie Hall. Um Vindication, we're all hoping goes for the, the Charlie Hall because that makes sense. Uh, they are keeping an eye on Ascot. Uh, you know, with the with the duplicate entries, do you have a fancy for the Sedexco guessing which way it's all gonna end yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, I kinda do and I don't in the sense that you know you're saying surname Vindication will go to if they both go to Weatherby uh, Comanche yeah. Red, you, you wouldn't know where he'd go. He could go to Weatherby either. Um, Imperial Aura, I'd be surprised. Maybe they'll run him, but I would have thought they'd be keeping him 
for Cheltenham in two weeks' time and run him in the Paddy Power Gold Cup. So we're actually ten to one the field anti post, so there has to has to has to be a bet here. And the one I'm yeah. back is is Whatmore, Henry Daly Horse that stay in trips. He's unexposed up to three miles and he stayed on really well in fourth behind uh, Imperial Aura in the um novice handicap chase at Cheltenham. Uh, he, he he kind of plugged on up the hill and I just think he's the unexposed one. He's only rated one thirty eight, just plenty of scope for improvement. Uh, Henry Daly's so good with staying chasers. I I could see him going off nine to two, five to one. He's ten to one, so he'd be the one I back. Okay, what more in this? Let's go for Stephen Cast, Dave Weldon. Yeah, I'm gonna check the chance on one here for John John Neal, uh, Django Django. And um, if you go back to 2019, he ran a race um at you talks to her beginners chase behind Eric LaRouge and Natafusi and ahead of on the slopes. That's decent form. He won an average enough race over three miles at Newbury. Um, and then finished fourth when he was odds on in a race at um, Catterick in March. But I just think John Joe O'Neill's horse have started the season really well. He's only off 137. Um, you're getting a bit of weight, and he's a, he's a 20, to, 20 to 1 shot. I think that's too big. It's probably half, he'd probably be half the price on the day um, if he's fancied. And like Django Django, first time up the season for John Joe O'Neill. Okay, Django Django is uh, the one for Dave Weldon. Uh, Damo, last race we're going to preview over the weekend is that Sadetsko. Uh, what do you like, considering what we've discussed about the Charlie Hall and a few uh, heading elsewhere? Yeah, of course. Uh, from a win point of view, I do think Imperial Aura was was very good at Cheltenham. And if he rocks up mm. in the day, he will be the win bet. But if the ground does does get a bit softer there at Ascot, there's, there's one there at, at, at Quite big odds at twenty-five to one, and bigger uh, roll again for Denisha Williams. Um, I mean, this horse has been moved now, uh, owned by Mrs. John McNear and Paul Shannon, was moved from Willie Mullins, uh, was sold over to uh, Denisha Williams, and this was a horse who just just last year was kind of chasing home the likes of uh, Ronald Pump, was only six lengths behind behind that horse, was a uh, fourth behind latest exhibition, um, and. Since kind of going over to the UK, hasn't kind of let the world alight. But you'd you'd forgive a few of the runs, and they're probably just just figuring them out. He's he's only six years old. He's rated 137. I think there's an awful lot um, that this horse can achieve. He should definitely be a bit stronger now because just at times last season he just kind of seemed to to shirk it. Um, he's had a lot of time off now. Venetia Williams kind of really does improve these staying chasers an awful lot. And uh, roll again. A twenty-five to one could just be a big price horse who improves beyond all recognition because he he'd be running off a very very low weight here no matter who who comes out. Um, but Imperial Aura for the win, but just keep an eye out for Roll again if the ground does come right because there's an awful lot of very good back form from when he was with Willie Mullins. Okay. Cool, let's roll again. Uh, you have to say Kim Bailey does have a bit of grip on both races, doesn't he, with Imperial Aura and Vindication, and he can he can spread them two around and maybe pick up both contests. The horse that interested me, and I'll wait to see the final field, is Drumcliffe if it gets uh, gets a run, as it should do for Harry Fryer, J.P. McManus. Uh, has been sent to all the kind of weirdest parties all around uh, the UK and Ireland, but there's a bit more ability in there than the uh, the one three one that's currently perched off, and uh, obviously that, yeah. It's going to be somewhere down the bottom of this field. I think it will go well um, after that prep at Fontwell uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So I keep John Cliff on side for that race, a race I always like to get involved in. But with the Charlie Hall and uh, the, the kind of Weatherby Ascot debate of who goes where, it's not quite a finished field yet. I do need naps. Who wants to go first? Dermo, why don't you go first and give us your best bet of the, of the weekend, please? 
Oh, good God. Um, this, this is a, it's a busy one. It's, it's a, a very, one, very busy you. one. Um, there's there's one I'm looking at in the uh, WKD Handicap Hurdles. That's 150 at Down Royal on Saturday. If um, E. Claire de Buffon shows up, he'd be very interesting back over hurdles again. Uh, he's now 153 over fences and he's now rated 135 over hurdles. Um, obviously, he hadn't reached the levels that he did, but there was still some some very decent runs there, like when he was uh, third behind off you go, and Jack Kennedy definitely sent him home a bit too soon that time in the uh, in the, in the county hurdle. So there's a bit of uh, there's an awful lot kind of left in that horse. So if he cleared the buffet, does show up to the 150 at uh, Down Royal on Saturday, Dean, he would be my nap of the weekend. Okay, thank you, um, Dave Weldon. You can go next. Uh, I will go with Amalu Gold in the 155 at Ascot. And Mula Gold in that uh, in that 155. Yeah, the sexy Dan Skelton, uh, seven-year-old improver there. Around six to one at the minute for the race, which Capeland is uh, currently top of the market for after last year's exploits. Now, Stephen, you've given us plenty of, uh, you know, a, a, a few longer forecasting bets, a few decent prices in races and a few horses that could end up uh, in different spots and places. But if you have one bet this weekend, what is it going to be? Um, I, if I was to have one bet all weekend, uh, when he's declared, it'll be Vindication um, in the Charity Hall. But that's a little boring. Yeah. Dermo, that should be your nap. Declare the Buffalo, you're always going on about that horse. Just everyone ignore that and Dermo's nap was vindication Demo's nap is vindication and then my nap is Will Smith in the 135 at Weatherby he's the horse I was saying that that will suit the um, the hold up uh, nature Uh, Sam England's runner yeah yeah. exactly yeah Yeah. Sam England's runner Will Smith uh, double figure price now at 16 it seems big okay okay uh, I'm going to be super boring and uh, and stick with uh, my horse Time Hill for the stairs herd or uh, kicking the season off and getting Hobbsy uh, back on track in that three six five herd. Or uh, I'm sure it'll be around the five to two. Uh, you haven't asked about the most important so. meeting of the week. Um... Stephen, I, I I could never not ask. Um, there's a bit of Dundalk action on, I assume. Well, Dundalk is on tonight, of course. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> Friday night, there's a horse uh, I've been watching, oh God, for it feels like years. But keep the best side out. Um, drawn one over five furlongs. What time? It's five o'clock. Finally got her act together. Finally, finally. Uh, a cork the last day. She's a habit of missing the kick, and she even did a, a cork the last day and somehow finished second behind. That's mad. Uh, the form of that race working out pretty good. This horse has a load of ability. Um, loves Dundalk. Uh, she ran really well uh, back in the day. Uh, let me see till I find. She was fourth in a really good maiden to USS Michigan. Um, that worked out quite well. But she's off the base on Mark. She's got to claim her up. She's drawn one. So if she has to get out and get handy, if she does, keep the best side out. She'll take all the beating on Friday night. Thank you very much. That'll get us uh, warmed up after a bit of down royal action, a bit of Dundalk on the evening, and then into that marathon of Saturday races that we previewed here. Let's keep the best side out at Dundalk on Friday. All right, chaps. Look, thanks very much for taking the time out on the Race Hour uh, podcast brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk. Stephen Cass, we'll have you on again during the season. David Weldon, we'll have you on again during the season. Dermo, unfortunately, you will be here next week. <laughs> I will. Alongside I will. Myself. And, uh, and we'll review uh, everything that, that happened. Everyone have a good weekend and uh, stay safe.